Welcome to Broadcast 1132. You can join us live every Sunday during our worship experience or at church1132.com. I want you to go to Isaiah chapter 50. Isaiah chapter 50. We're starting a new series today. and uh, This is a series called Listen and uh, How to Hear the Voice of God. Anybody ever interested in just how you could hear God? You ever wondered how we, as mortals, as humans, could tune in to hear God, that we could hear his voice? Isaiah chapter 50, verse 4, it says, The sovereign Lord has given me a well-instructed tongue to know the word that sustains the weary. I love that. He wakens me morning by morning, and I listen to this. He wakens my ear to listen, to listen as one being instructed. He wakens my ear to listen. I want you to know this, that we need an awakening of our ears. We need an awakening of our ears so that we can hear, so that we can listen. I love the posture that it talks about in this passage. It says, to listen as one being instructed. You know there's a difference between what you hear and what you listen to. There's a lot of things you hear. There's noise in the room. You'll hear things. But what you listen to, it's totally different. And this is the context of this scripture. It says that I'm going to listen as one being instructed, which gives us the idea of leaning in and taking hold of what is about to be said. I want you to know this, that you, when you walked in this morning, you walked into an atmosphere, an atmosphere of faith where anything can happen. Did you know that when you walked in these doors and you started singing these songs, you walked into an atmosphere where actually anything, absolutely anything, is possible. That's what we're in right now. Some of you say, well, you know what, I don't know about this atmosphere. Let me just, I want to read you a definition. Atmosphere means this, the pervading tone or mood of a place or situation. I'm going to tell you this, that the, the, the pervading tone of this room is faith. My Bible says that with man this is impossible, but with God all things are possible. So when you woke up this morning and decided to come to an early service to come and get in the house of God, you decided, you made a decision to step into an atmosphere of faith. And where faith is and faith is activated, God can do anything. So if you came in with a struggle, you came through and you're in the middle of a storm, whatever you're encountering, you have now entered a faith zone. And in the faith zone, anything is possible. Anything is possible. When we're talking about listen, I want you to give you the definition of listen. Listen means to give one's full attention to a sound. To be alert. To catch an expected sound. How do you hear God? You expect him to speak. How do you hear the voice of God? You lean in and you expect him to speak. I don't know about you, but I am constantly surrounded by noise. Noise everywhere. In our house, we've got two boys, and Jamie and I, we used to have incredible conversation. But now it is, we will start conversation, it will be interrupted a thousand times, and then we'll just look at each other and like, catch you on the flip side, you know? It's like, there is, we're like, we will try to tell the boys, like, hey, could you just like stop for one second? Like, mom and I are just going to have one conversation. 
We start talking just about the time the story starts to unpack. It's, Dad, Mom, Dad, Mom, can I have this? Can you open this? Can I go this? I got to go to the bathroom. Can you? It's like all of this echoes through our home. If you have kids, you understand. Like, like we used to like just like talk until we didn't have anything to talk about anymore. Now, it's like, we got five minutes. They're gone. What's happening? Like, what's happened in the last month of your life? How are you? How are you? Dad? I was like, oh. Do you know that most of the times noise is the thing that we hear? God's voice has to be the thing that we listen to. To hear Jamie's voice in the midst of noise, I have to be attentive and I have to lean in and I have to try to hear past all of the pleas and all of the requests and all of the chaos and the punches, which Genesis is all of a sudden into punching. And it's starting to hurt. It was one thing when it didn't hurt, but now, last night, sitting on the couch, watching the football game, he cold clocked me in the jaw. And I told him, I said, Genesis, we do not punch in the face. I mean, that's just, that's like, that's not right. And he's like, ha, 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 ha. He's like, what is wrong with you? Noise. I mean, even even with, with, with our phones and life, it's just noisy. I, 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 was, I was hunting this past week and, and out in the woods for a couple days. And, and uh, man, it was just amazing to have silence. She's just sitting there out in the beautiful creation, and it's quiet. I mean, I just, I just thought, like, man, this is, like, almost odd that it's so quiet. It's just, it's just like, literally one day I put in earphones, headphones, earphones, those things, play music. Put in headphones and, like, played music, like, while I'm sitting out there. It's like, oh, that's, that's amazing. And then I thought, why am I even listening to something? Like, get it out and just sit in silence. But we live in a culture and a society that there always has to be something. There always has to be a noise. There always has to, we fall asleep to noise. We wake up to noise. We live in noise. We work in noise. How are we supposed to listen to the still small voice of God in the midst of noise? For the next couple of weeks, I want to unpack how to train your spiritual senses to hear, to listen to the voice of God. The voice of God speaks to us not so he can talk. The voice of God speaks to us because he loves us. God so desired relationship with us that he didn't just die to forgive us of our sins so we'd be in heaven someday. He died to remove us of our sin so that we could have relationship and that relationship is not a one-way conversation of God, I need you. God, please heal me. God, provide for me. It's a conversation. I don't know about you, but in, 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 in my marriage, in my relationships, it's super important that conversations go both ways. Jamie and I were recently with a, with a friend, and, and um, he's, he's amazing. We love him, but he, is, he likes to talk a lot. And uh, we were at dinner for like three hours, and I hadn't said a word. And uh, food was amazing. Jamie and I were just, I mean, we were just tearing the food up. And... Um, this, this, this guy, I mean, just on and on. And, and we got in the car and we left and we were both like, wow. That was, in, that was intense. That was like three hours of just, that was not relationship. 
That was like, that was like longer than a message. I mean, I just listened to like four messages in one dinner sitting. And it's just like, we hadn't even, we hadn't even like said it. He wasn't even looking for a response. It's just, you know, it's just talking. You know what? I feel like that's sometimes what we do with God. It's just talk. It's just talk. It's just talk. But did you know that the heart of God is to enter into relationship? That is conversation. That I speak to God, but God actually speaks to me. People say it's so odd that you think you can hear the voice of God. It is so odd that you think that you can't. Well, let me ask you this. How small is your God? Is he so small that he can't speak to you? Is he even supernatural at all? God is supernatural. There's nothing natural about God. It makes perfect sense the supernatural creator of the universe could actually create a way to communicate with his creation. That just makes sense to me. 1 Kings chapter 19 is where we'll get our text today. 1 Kings chapter 19 It's about Elijah, and it says in verse 9, there he went into a cave, he ran, he was running from something, and he spent the night. He was discouraged, he was in distress, and the word of the Lord came to him. What are you doing here, Elijah? Let me tell you this, God never asks a question he doesn't know the answer to. God's questions are always to help us identify what's happening, not to help God identify what's happening. God wasn't like, where is Elijah? It's like Adam and Eve. Like, Adam, where are you? Adam's like, I think I got him. You know, like, no, he knew. He knew. So what are you doing? He knew what Elijah was doing, but it was for Elijah. Says he replied, I've been very zealous for the Lord God Almighty. The Israelites have rejected your covenant, torn down your altars, put your prophets to death with the sword. I am the only one left. You ever felt like you're the only one? And now they're trying to kill me too. The Lord said, go out and stand on the mountain in the presence of the Lord, for the Lord is about to pass by. Then a great and powerful wind tore the mountains apart and shattered the rocks before the Lord. But the Lord was not in the wind. After the wind, there was an earthquake, but the Lord was not in the earthquake. And after the earthquake came a fire, but the Lord was not in the fire. And after the fire came a gentle whisper. When Elijah heard it, he pulled his cloak over his face and he went out and he stood at the mouth of the cave. And then a voice said to him again, what are you doing here, Elijah? Elijah found himself hiding in a cave, discouraged and afraid because of the persecution that was coming to him and all prophets of God and to, to, to all, all of their kind in that, in, in that moment, Jezebel and King Ahab, there was persecution that was happening. And he runs to a cave and God shows up to him and begins to speak to him. He begins to have conversation with him. And I want to talk to you just about what God says in this passage to him about how to present how to get ready or how to receive from the Lord. I want to give you just a couple things as we set this up that I believe are super important if we're going to hear the voice of God. And the first thing you can see it in verse 11, the Lord said, go out and stand on the mountain. Let me tell you, his posture was to be a posture of standing. If you're going to hear the voice of God, you have to recognize posture. You have to be intentional with posture. It was not about standing. It was about the position or the state or the place of readiness. 
Let me just ask you this. Are you ready for God to speak to you? Not, not just do you want God to speak to you. Are you ready for God to speak to you? The, 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 the posture that he's, he says, Elijah is sitting down in the cave. He is all, he's in a pity party. He's just concerned about himself. And God says, hey, Elijah, stand up. Go stand on the mountain. Uh, go stand up. Stand up. We do this sometimes in interim prayer. It's like, it's early morning prayer, you know? It's like, why don't you stand up? Is there something spiritual about standing up? No, but there's not something super spiritual about you laying down and having dreams and vision in early morning prayer. You know, that's what, that's what everybody's excuse is. I think I'll just like lay before the Lord for a while. Yeah, I'd like to lay before the Lord all night, okay? But listen, sometimes you have to ready yourself for what God's about to do. You have to prepare yourself or posture. What is your spiritual posture? What's your spiritual posture? Is a, your spiritual posture a posture of pity party, a posture of leaning back and watching God move, or is your spiritual posture a place of readiness that stands and is ready to receive what God is about to do? I'm not talking about you physically. I'm talking about your spirit, your spirit standing up and being at attention and being ready for what God is about to do. Posture. Second thing he says, he says, stand on the mountain in the presence of the Lord. If I'm going to hear the voice of God, I have to have right posture, but I have to recognize that the, pre- the, the voice of God comes from the presence of God. Presence just simply means God's there, which would make sense. If you want to hear my voice, you need to be in my presence. If I want to be, hear your voice, I have to be in your presence. The problem is that we stand in our culture's presence and try to hear God's voice. If you want to hear God's voice, you have to get around him. Which, if, if, if you're going to get in the presence of God, this is why we come together as the church. Because if you're trying to hear God's voice, there is no better place to be than getting into a place where people are worshiping and exalting God. Because it's in that place that your ear begins to be tuned to the voice of God. Because God's here. The Bible says where two or three are gathered, he's there in the midst. So God's here. His presence is here. So I can hear him easy. Easier than if I am just out on my own in my natural self doing what I want to do. I have to recognize that the voice of God comes from the presence of God. Let me tell you something about the voice of God. The voice of God always lines up with the word of God. So, so some people love to hear God. You know, you ever heard, like back in the day, I'm sure none of you, you know, now you're sanctified and holy. But you ever dated someone and then like you broke up because God told you? You know that one? Like, like that, that, that's a rough one. You know, like, God told me. I mean, what do you say to that? No, no, he didn't. Like, no, it's just, it's over at that. Once you play the God card, it's over. Like, how, how are you supposed to respond to that? Hey, you know, I'm just like, God told me. Like, is, is it me? Is it you? Is it us? Is it God? Like, okay, where do we go from this? You know what? If you're going to hear the voice of God, which God wants to speak to you, his voice will always sound like his word. And if ever the voice of God that you're hearing contradicts the word of God that we're reading, then the voice of God that we're hearing is not God. This will help some people because people have heard some crazy things about what God's doing and all the reason this is happening, the reason the U.S. is being judged, and this is why this disaster, and this is why, stop. That's not lining up with the word of God. 
Well, I'm just going to be sick for all my days. That's just the way it is. That's what the doctor said. That's what the doctor said. That's not what your God said. The word of God says something different. Well, God told me this is my thorn in my flesh. You do not even know what the thorn in the flesh was, so stop. Because God has not given you a disease as a thorn in the flesh. Otherwise, Jesus would have died in vain because he didn't die so you could have a thorn. He died so that you could have healing in your body. So we've got to recognize that whatever God is speaking to me has to line up with the word of God. And if you can't hear his voice, then you should read his voice because the voice of God is always speaking. And when I can't hear him with my ears, I will read it with my eyes and begin to declare it with my mouth and all my life will become, start to come in alignment. That's, that's, how, that's how it works. I heard God that, you know, I, I don't think I should uh, be in this marriage anymore. No, you didn't. No, you didn't. You, you heard yourself. You know, there's a couple voices that you hear. You hear yourself, God, and the devil. Yeah, I heard God tell me not to tithe. <laughs> Might be hearing two devils. <laughs> Devil and you. Like, I mean, it's it's got to line up with the word of God. I'm not going to walk around with a condition that God says I can be healed from. I'm not going to walk around with a diagnosis that God paid that I could be healed from. I'm not going to walk around with a depression or a discouragement or in a storm that God said he's going to deliver me out of. I am not going to recognize or even put on limitations on God on what is possible and what is not when God's word says that he is the God of the impossible. Who are we to write our own word based on what we think we heard? This is how you tune your ear to hear. You make sure it lines up with the word of God. My, 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 my posture is important. My position is important in the presence of God. And then the purpose. This is what he says in verse 11. He says, for the Lord is about to pass by. Why is he posturing him in the presence of God? Because he's about to encounter God. God will always posture you. He will always position you in this presence for something. You know that God never moves just to move? God just speaks just to speak. Like God's just talking to himself. It's like, I think I, got, I think I heard God speaking. He's not speaking just to like talk. He's always speaking for a purpose. Do you know how God creates? With what he speaks. Genesis says he spoke. He, that's how he created the earth that we live on is he spoke. So God's not just out there throwing out words because everything that God says is powerful. And the Bible says this in Jeremiah chapter 20 that he is watching over his word to see that it is fulfilled. The Bible says that not even a word that he speaks will fall to the ground. That whatever God is, it's powerful. So what I need to do is be able to tune my ear to hear and recognize that whatever God is speaking to me, he is speaking to me for a purpose. God is speaking to me not just so that I can say me and God talked. He's speaking to me so that we can have relationship, so that he can commission me, so that he can use my life. You know, there's people that, you know, they, they, they meet, and, and, and I've, I've done this before, you know, like I, I got to meet Russell Wilson, quarterback of the Seattle Seahawks, and I say that, but that means me leaning over the stands and shaking his hand. And I was like, oh, yeah, me and Russell Wilson, we, like we met. Did you talk? I heard him talk. <laughs> I don't know if he was talking to me. I mean, like, he was talking around my general vicinity. This is how many of us are with God. It's like we met, he talks, he speaks. Is he speaking to you? 
I just put too much spiritual pressure on me that God would speak. No, that's the love of God that he wants to communicate with us. That's the love of God that he wants to speak to us. That's the love. He wants to help you with your life, and he does that through his voice. And I wish God would just give me some direction. He's giving you direction, but you have to awaken your ear to listen so that you can hear the direction that he's giving. Your life is boring. It is boring without the voice of God. Our Christian life is boring with a mute God that cannot speak and will not speak. Our Christian life should be exciting because we have a supernatural God that loves to speak and loves to communicate and loves to give and communicate his heart to us through his words. He wants to speak to us. Some people think, well, man, it's just like God has a, a speaking problem. You ever heard people say this? God's just silent. You know what I found? Is that whenever God's silent, his word is loud. Whenever God is silent, the Bible is loud. So whenever I can't hear him, then I read him, and it, God will never be silent. I'm just kind of in a silent season. God's just not saying anything. You know what? There's a couple reasons why God doesn't say anything. One is because he's waiting for you to do the thing that he asked you before. Right? It's, it's like, we're like, I want to go to seventh grade. He's like, as soon as you pass first grade, we're going we're gonna, to we're gonna get to second and then third. And it's like, tell me something else, God. I don't like the last thing. No, as soon as you obey the last thing, then he's going to give you the next thing. But many of us, we, this is, Christians have this thing, and, and I, I found this to be true with my boys, is there's this thing called selective hearing. You, you ever found that out? Genesis the other day was playing his iPad, and he was engrossed in whatever he was doing. He did not hear anything. Tried to get his attention, tried to get him to eat dinner, nothing, nothing. And then Jamie's in, in the kitchen, the other room. Jamie says, oh, my gosh, about something. And he goes, Mom, we don't say gosh. <laughs> Where, how, how did you hear? I just told you, I told you like five things you did not hear. But across the house on the other side, Jamie drops something and says, oh, my gosh. And he's like, Mom, we don't say that. Like, selective hearing. This is what we do with God. This is what we do with God. God said, I want to bless you. Yes, Lord, I hear you. I hear you. Here am I. God says, I want you to go on the mission trip. Here to worship, Lord. I'm here. My life is yours. Use me however you want to use me. Yeah, I want to use you on the mission field. Oh. <sighs> Just in one of those silent seasons. No, we're in a selective hearing season. We gotta hear what he wants. We gotta hear. We have to hear what he's saying, what he's speaking to us. That is how God will equip your spiritual life with his word. The voice of God will always line up with the word of God, and most of the time, it will line up with leaders that he's placed in your life. There's a, there's a configuration that comes together in unity. And, and people don't like to hear that because nobody wants to be under. And this is it's going to get real quiet. Real quiet, just for a second. Nobody wants to be under authority. It's, it's, it's like if you, if you were studying to be a surgeon, you would have to be under another surgeon to become a surgeon. You know that? Spirit, spiritual life is the only one that it's like, no, I'm not going to be under anybody. I already know. I was on YouTube last night, and now I know. Like, no, you, you, we have to be submitted 
to authorities that are over us. And when, this, when the authority manages their authority well and is in tune with the voice of God and the word of God, and you are in tune with the leaders in your life, and they're in tune with God, all of this begins to work together in a protective layer to launch you into everything that God has for you. God's authority is never to suppress you. It is always to release you into what you have. Whenever authority begins to suppress you and it does not line up with the word of God, then it, it, you, you have to start looking around and think, like, what is happening? God's either teaching me something, right? You know what I, you know what I found about authority? is I, I found this, and I wasn't planning on getting into all this, but I'll just give you a little bit. I, I found this to be true about authority, is that whenever I have been checked by authority and I feel like, man, I don't agree, but I have submitted that God has always honored my submission. I know the submission's like a naughty word in church. It's like the S word. Whenever I've submitted, do you know that your gift under authority is actually more potent than it is free doing whatever you want it to do? I used to feel like this. And you, I've talked to Pastor Steve about this at times. I'm like, man, just let me go. Let me go. I'm ready to take on the world. He's like, gave me the church. And I'm like, you can have a bag. You can have a bag. I don't want but my gift under authority was more powerful than it was out on my own, doing my own thing. The kingdom of God is more connected than we think it is. It, it is more about relationship and chemistry and unity than we think that it is. Purpose. God always has a purpose. In this story, it, it's interesting. It says God shows up in the wind. The winds. Most, or Elijah is out there and God is trying to teach him something, and there is the wind. You know what I think the wind sometimes represents for us as a church is we love like the radical service. Radical service, God just showed up and wrecked the place. We're pushing back the chairs because people are at the altar. It's like, yes, God was in it. We're jumping around, we're dancing, we're yelling, yes. But then we go home, and nothing's shifted in our own hearts. I'm not saying that the wind isn't fun, and the wind isn't, it isn't effective. I'm just saying that God was trying to teach Elijah that sometimes the noise can get in the way of the sound of his voice. And then the, the earthquake comes and says God wasn't in the earthquake. He was teaching Elijah that there can be a lot of noise that God is not in. That just because something's shaking or just because something's moving or just because something looks great or looks exciting doesn't always mean that God's in it. Then the fire comes. And I'll tell you something about fires is fires always reveal something in us. Whenever we go through difficulty, it will always reveal something in us. How you deal with problems, we really see character with how we deal with issues. It's like when we're squeezed, what's really in us comes out, right? You, 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 you can try to say this or say that, but when you're squeezed, what's really in you, when you're in a stressful situation, this is why, like, if you've ever got along with a lot of young people in the room, if you're ever dating, you need to date for, like, a, a good period of time. Because anybody can keep it together for three weeks or three months. They can be Prince Charming for three months. But eventually, what is in, once you walk through enough life experiences, what is in them will come out. Well, it worked for me, Pastor. I knew him two days. We got married, and we just stuck it out. Yep. That's great for you, and praise God you made it. But for all of our young adults that are in the room, you need some T-I-M-E time. 
Because character is seen over time. I can tell you something today, but you see something as time goes on. Elijah is there, and he's not in the wind. He's not in the earthquake. He's not even in the fire. And it says, then a still, small voice. I think sometimes we want the voice of God to be fire. We want the voice of God to be the earthquake. We want the voice of God to just be wind, just wreck the place. But he says, no, I'm in the still, small voice. I love wind and earthquake and fire. I love all of that. But do you know where my relationship with Jesus is? It's not in the yell. It's not in the loud music. It's not in the flashing lights. It's in the still, small voice that my relationship has been forged over time by reading his word, by listening to his voice, by being under authority, by, by consistently building and leaning in by the posture, by the presence, by the purpose of God, working in and through my life. What's really interesting is there is a reason that Elijah was in this cave. There is a reason that he ran to the cave and God showed up like he did. There was a reason that he was in distress, in despair. There was a reason that he actually, the Bible says that he actually like didn't want to live anymore. There was a reason. I'm going to show you the reason if you back up in chapter 19 to verse 2. It says this. So Jezebel sent a messenger, a messenger to Elijah to say, May the gods deal with me, be it ever so severely, if by this time tomorrow... I do not make your life like one of them, one of the other prophets they had killed. Elijah was afraid, and he ran for his life. When he came to Beersheba in Judah, he left his servant there. While he himself, he went on a day's journey into the wilderness. He came to a broom bush, sat on under it, and prayed that he might die. I've had enough, Lord, he said. Take my life. I'm no better than my ancestors. You ever been, you ever been in that bad of a place? I've had enough, God. Take my life. I'll just come see you. I'll just be at the pearly gates in just a couple seconds. Just take me. Like, that's where Elijah's at. He's so discouraged that he ran to a cave, sat down, and he says, just take me, Jesus. I'm, it's, it's over. I'm done. Like, I, I'm out of here. I'm good. Why? Because of that messenger. That messenger. He heard the, let me say it this way. He listened to the voice of a messenger over the voice of God. The reason that God showed up to him on the mountain and in the cave because he had to teach Elijah something. That there would always be messengers of negativity. That there would be always messengers of culture. That there would always be messengers of gloom and doom and despair. That there would always be messengers of bad news and the negativity that fills our media today. There will always be messengers. But he was trying to teach him in the midst of earthquakes, in the midst of fire, and in the midst of wind. Elijah, I need you to know that in the midst of all that, there will be a voice. A still, small voice. This sets up everything where we're going to go in the next couple of weeks because this is so important that many of us, what we're living in, the fear, the dread, the gloom, the cave, the despair, is all because of who we've been listening to. I don't know what happens when you watch the news. Messengers. I don't know what happens when you get on social media. Messengers. 
I don't know what happens when you get on the internet and you start looking at other people's lives and you're on Facebook and you start comparing your life to theirs where they ended up. I don't know. Messengers. Why was Elijah in the cave despairing of his life? After, if you know your Bible, you know that this is after that God has already shown up in supernatural ways for Elijah. He has shown up in such power and such miraculous designs of, his own, of God's authority. I mean, just huge demonstrations. But in the midst of all that, he despairs of his life because he listened to a messenger. Let me, let me say it this way is that maybe it's not the lack of God speaking. Maybe it's that we're listening to messengers. Oh, yeah. We're, what, are, what are the voices that we're actually hearing? Could the voices that we're hearing be drowning out the voice that we want to hear? Could the, could the crisis that we find ourselves in be drowning out what God's trying to say? Because what God's saying is contrary to what our culture is saying. There's a lot of bad news in our country. There's a lot of bad news all over our world. But do you know that God still has a plan? Did you know that God, like we talked about in the beginning, is not stressed out? He's not losing sleep. He's not wondering what will happen next. And if you read your Bible, the Bible says this. What is written, you don't even have to hear this, you can read it. It says, take heart. Let me just read the first part of it. Quote the first part of it for you. It says, in this world you will have trouble. We're like, oh God, you see all the trouble? Oh my gosh, God. He's like, yeah, did you read what I said? I said you would have trouble. James says, when you encounter trials and tribulations, testing of your faith. He warns us. He warns us. And we're like, God, for real? I'm going to the cave. Forget about it. I'm just hiding out. I'm just, I'm, I'm, I'm just nobody. I'm off social media. I'm off everything. I'm just going to be in my cave. Why? Because you listen to a messenger? You listen to a messenger that said you're a failure? You listen to the messenger that said you're a bad husband and a bad father? You listen to the messenger that said God's will and purpose for your life ran out and expired. You listen to a messenger that said you've gone too far and you've done too much. You listen to a I'll tell you what the voice of God says. The voice of God said he loves you with an everlasting love. The voice of God says that he is a good father who gives good gifts to his children. The voice of God says that he is the rock that is higher than I. The voice of God says he is a refuge. He is a shelter to all who need refuge. My Bible says, when I can't hear him, I can read him. And what it says is, my God is my salvation. Of whom should I be afraid? We're living in fear. We're walking in fear. It's not because of a lack of God's voice. It is because of misappropriation of who we have listened to. And we need a mountain experience like Elijah, like Elijah did, where God shakes us. Says, hey, I'm not in that earthquake. I'm not in that fire. I'm not in that wind. Stop looking for the big thing. Stop looking for the big splash, the next conference, the next event, the next Sunday, the next service, the next worship. And get alone with me and listen. Be still and know that I'm God. 
oh yeah, just silence everything. Just, just shut everything off. Just, just shut it all down and just listen. What does it sound like? God doesn't speak to you mouth to ear. He doesn't speak brain to brain. He speaks spirit to spirit. So what it sounds like, it sounds like your own thoughts. Oh, well, that's easily misconstrued. If you know the word of God, it's not. When God speaks to me to lay my life down, oh, that might be the devil. That might, you think the devil's telling you to lay your life down? Oh, I need to forgive so-and-so. You think the devil's telling you to forgive him? You think that's you? You think I just came up with like, oh, I think I, it's Sunday morning, what the heck? Like, I should forgive him. No? Who dropped that into your heart? Who, who spoke to you? Who whispered into your spirit? I'm telling you, God loves you. He sees you. He knows every pain. He knows every sorrow. The Bible says he knows the hairs that are on our head or lack of. He knows. He knows. The Bible says he bottles up our tears. He knows the tears we've cried over silly things, over silly people, over silly. He knows. And if you could train your ear to hear, then you could hear God speaking in the midst of earthquakes and fires and wind. You could hear the gentle whisper of God saying, I'm with you. I will never leave you. I will never forsake you. I'll stand beside you. I'll walk with you. I'm here to teach you. I'm here to comfort you. The anointing will teach you all things. The Bible says the Holy Spirit is our helper and our teacher. That the Holy Spirit will remind you of things that Jesus has said. This is what we have at our disposal, but we have to tune our ear. To hear. Sounds so mysterious. No, it's so God. This is hard for us to hear him. Jeremiah 33, 3, it says, Call to me, and I will answer you and tell you great and, and tell you. So he's going to tell us great and searchable things you do not know. How is he going to get what he tells us into me? I have to listen. I was um, speaking at a camp years ago. I must have been eight, 18 years old and I got asked to come do this camp and I was super intimidated because a lot of people there were older than I was and I was preaching this camp. As I'm preaching, I got to the end of the message and I felt the Holy Spirit like give me this word. We're going to be talking about this in the series but how God speaks to us for other people to encourage and build up and edify. And so she, this girl was up the front, and she came forward, and she responded to the altar call, and I just said, hey, um, I feel like God's kind of like laying something on my heart, and I just begin to kind of tell her some things. And I'm like, you know what? I, this is what I keep on getting. I, I get, I just feel like you're like an Esther. You're like an Esther in your generation. So do you know who Esther is? She said, yeah. I said, Esther in the Bible, like she had favor on her. And, 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 and there's a scripture in Esther that says that she was raised up for such a time as this. So I told her, I was telling her some of this thing and, and sharing with her. And then I felt the Holy Spirit. I'm giving a word. And I felt the Holy Spirit speak to me and say, ask her what her name is. And I'm like kind of in the middle of a little thing here, God, that you told me to do. I could just ask her what her name is. I said, okay, hey, I just want to stop her saying, I said, what's your name? She goes, Esther. I'm like, for real. Like, don't be doing that. She's like, my name's Esther. And tears start coming down her face. Do you know that God even knows your name? Not just a general word for you today. Like, he knows your name. 
he knows what you've encountered, what you're going to encounter. He knows the desires of your heart. He knows the dreams for ministry. He knows the dreams of how he wants to use you. He knows them. And if you could train your ear to hear, God would reassure you. You know, one time I was in, I was in worship and, and I came in and it was just after a bunch of stuff had happened that was just really devastating. And uh, we were, our hearts were just broken over some people. And, and uh, I just was beating myself up about uh, a bunch of it and leadership decisions and just, man, you should have been better. You could have been better. You should have done more. You should have done this. And I came into worship and I was about having to get up to preach. And I'm like, come on, Dustin, stop being an idiot. Be a man of God. Come on. I just stopped. Wind, earthquake, fire, all around. I just took a deep breath. And this is what I heard. I heard God say, I'm proud of you. Just like, as simple as that, I'm like, what? And I just broke. Like, he could say it to me right now, and I don't think it would affect, but in the, see this, God knows. In that moment, those simple words, it's, I like crumple. God, you know, I, I was feeling alone. I was feeling by myself. God, I'm, I'm proud of you. I don't know what messenger is trying to be lying to you this week or this month, maybe for years, but I know this. There's a God who loves you and wants to awaken your ears to listen, to hear his, this week. You could hear his voice. Well, I hear every time I come to church, no, no, not the message. I'm talking like God to you. No middleman, just straight to you. Thanks for listening. You can find out more about us at church1132.com.